In the last five episodes that we've been recording, we've been doing an in-depth dive into the five phases to unlimited health, and at the crux of those five phases is how to know when to find a health practitioner to support you in your next level of health, and also how to find that practitioner and decide on which one you're going to partner with to get you to your next level in health. We've had episodes cover topics such as money mindset and how money can become our biggest barrier to improving our health. We've had an episode, that was episode 34, uh, and it'll be in the show notes. Uh, We've had an episode on how to find your next best health practitioner just in general when you're looking for someone and things to be asking or monitoring. Um, That's episode 33. And we also had an episode on why your doctor says your labs look normal even when you don't feel normal. And that's episode 31. In today's episode, we are specifically talking about how to find a good chiropractor. I interview Dr. Sack Simpkins and Dr. Tyg Arvidson, I don't say his last name very often, from Foundation Chiropractic, a chiropractic clinic that is local to me in Ann Arbor, Michigan, to get the inside scoop on how to choose a chiropractor. Sneak peek, I love Dr. Zach and Dr. Tig's work. I having a background in medical massage therapy and doing craniosacral therapy and visceral manipulation, I understand how muscles and bones interact and I am obsessed with how they approach whole body care. They get results unlike any other chiropractor I've ever seen and they have personally helped me make breakthroughs in my own health and have helped many of my clients make breakthroughs in their health. They have so much wisdom and are so so much fun to talk to. They're also our first men who will be joining us on the podcast, which is just so fun. And I hope that today, as you're listening to them, that you pick up on some of the questions that they encourage you as you're interviewing chiropractors to go to, as you um, are looking on websites and listen to some of the mistakes that I share about the first chiropractor I went to and how that didn't go so great. I share more about that story in episode 33 on how to find your next best health practitioner. But for today, I just want you guys to feel equipped and knowledgeable on how you can make your next best choice in working with a chiropractor. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel more healthy and vibrant than ever by finding the root causes of our health problems. My name is Allison Jordan. I'm a marathon runner, functional medicine, health coach, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan, that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and just checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for your entire life. If you are ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. And just as a reminder, this information is not meant to diagnose, manage, or treat disease. Always consult with your own health practitioner before you make any changes to your health. 
Awesome guys. Well, I am so excited to invite onto the podcast today, our first and our second male guest expert ever. We, you guys, I, I don't know if you guys know this, that we've had a lot of ladies onto the podcast, um, but you are first guys. So we have on today, Dr. Zach and Dr. Tig, who run Foundation Chiropractic in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is where my clinic is based. And in 2017, I found foundation because I was having severe neck pain, um, severe and unfixable neck pain, which was frustrating to me as a massage therapist in training, a former gymnast, someone who knows a lot about muscles and strength and stretching, um, and, and generally how to stop them from spasming. And I, I couldn't, couldn't make my pain go away. So that was generally frustrating. And, um, honestly, I came to their office. I don't even know if you know this doctor Zach, um, because I wanted a pillow recommendation. Um, first off I was clueless about how health worked. And then even to be more honest, I was being cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, Dr. Zach did me a favor and, and actually healed my neck from the root up. And I have an amazing neck and, and honestly, some amazing knees and hips and all these other stuff that he helped me work with because of him. So Dr. Zach and Dr. Tig, welcome to the Better Belly Podcast. Thanks for having us. This is great. You do have a wonderful neck, by the way. Nowadays. Nowadays. Great great to be here. And it's uh, it's great to be the first two guys on the podium. Hopefully we can uh, can keep that one-two spot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I want to start off with, first off, I love your guys' stories. Um, I actually made a pun when I was writing these questions together and I said, you guys have interesting back stories. Ha ha. Um, Oh, oh, that was really funny. I read that. I read that to my wife and she's like, why have you never made that joke? (laughs) Great job. You're welcome. So I want to tell us what led you each to your work and how did you guys end up working together? Can I go first? So I did uh, um, circuitous route, I believe would be a good way to say it. Um, I was the second person in my family to ever go to college. No real, uh, I was homeschooled growing up and um, very blue collar, uh, no collar kind of uh, what we call effort index. Um, so the, the whole being a doctor thing was a little bit outside my, uh, outside my, my range. Um, but I, I met a woman uh, who uh, ended up marrying me, which is incredible for me. Um, but she, um, uh, I knew that I, I needed to do better. Uh, so I just kept looking for better and better and better. Uh, so I was like, I was, uh, I was an ex-professional rugby player. Um, and I got, um, I got a contract to play in Australia. Then I came home uh, a little bit beat up. And I was doing concrete and I thought, well, I hate this. Um, so what's the opposite of concrete? It's chiropractic. Uh, so I, I got an undergrad degree in biomechanics from Wayne State, the minor in nutrition, although I'll never override you on that. Uh, that minor is teeny tiny minor. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, that's, that's not used to, too much. Um, and then, uh, then I got a rugby scholarship to play down at Life University uh, in Atlanta, which is the world's largest chiropractic college in and for two of the four years we were down there, the, the best rugby team in the country. So I'm, I I'm actually genuinely surprised. I knew you did rugby and yeah. I knew that rugby and chiropractic were connected. When you described it to me, you said it was because you broke your body so much. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know, isn't it like, like an oxymoron to have a rugby team at a chiropractic college? Uh, yes. And <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's, uh, 
Well, I think one of the reasons we're the best team in the country, one is we're recruiting people and actually paying them. Wow. Uh, two, uh, there was a lot of time not spent on the disabled list. Hmm. You, know, you know, all the minor injuries, and we did adjust each other before the games, after games. Um, I remember adjusting the guy's knee on the game, on the field. Like he twisted his knee, um, had an extra rotation of the tibiofemoral joint. Shouldn't that be, back in. <laughs> that's like an unfair advantage, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, and we were at like, at like 5'11", 200 pounds. I was like the second smallest guy out there. So we did inflict some blunt force trauma. In that sense, you know, hand in hand, right? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was kind of, I broke my, I broke my back in 2012. Uh, I only have four lumbar, but I shattered L4, uh, what they call grade two spondylolisthesis. Never missed a practice, never missed a game. Probably not a great idea, but played through that. I broke it again about 18 months ago. Um, and uh, he really helped me put it back together in the last year. Or so. He pointed at Dr. Ty, just well, so you guys know. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there are certainly situations where it, it's contraindicated, but I played, I won two national championships on a broken back. And then uh, from there, I, I thought I'd try my luck and open my own office. It was, uh, a bold move, but for somebody who's apparently punching above his weight, what the hell? <laughs> awesome. And then Dr. Taig, what's your back story? My back, back story. Uh, well, mine's, mine's a pretty bad one. Uh, bad, pretty bad back that is. Um, so I grew up, you know, in, in middle school and high school and you go to weightlifting and you, and you lift weights like a dum-dum because nobody teaches you the right way to do it. And you set the, uh, you know, set the groundwork for further injury. Um, I was after undergrad, I went to grad school, um, wasn't hundred percent sure on what I wanted to do with my life. So I decided, yeah, what the hell I'll get a master's in, um, molecular neuroscience, which a little above my head <laughs> just so happened that the school I went to had a water ski team, um, which I became the grad assistant and captain of, uh, it wasn't very serious. It was a whole lot of fun. Um, a couple nasty spills in a competition herniated a disc in my lower spine uh it was awful um so i did pt saw a spine specialist and recommended a surgery i looked the surgery up on youtube threw up um that was going to happen uh i was having trouble walking a lot of other stuff uh my neighbor's a chiropractor uh ended up just talking to him a little bit he took me through the process uh got adjusted for the first time, stood up and walked out of his office and was like, okay, I'm kind of hooked. This is, this is something this, they got something here. Yes. Um, and I just, I followed through with it and it was, it was a basic introduction to chiropractic and it was fantastic and it worked great. Uh, I went to Cairo school at life. That's where I met Zach. Um, after I graduated, I, I kind of YOLO'd it. Um, I went down to St. Thomas in the Caribbean, uh, opened my practice there, had a five-year plan said, you know, we'll your life can change a lot in five years. So we'll see what happens. Um, about two and a half years through, we had two really nasty hurricanes. Uh, my, my house was destroyed. I lost pretty much everything I owned. Uh, I had a backpack full of some, uh, some clothes, my laptop, and I had my dog with me. Um, and miraculously, our office and our gym that we built down there were untouched. So I lived the following two years trying to figure out how to get back to the States while still owning a business and running it while being semi-homeless, which is weird when you're homeless, but you have a job and you, you make money, but you don't have a house because it's, you know, destroyed. Um, 
so yeah, I lived without power for six months. We we learned to be self-sufficient. I ate a lot of Pop-Tarts and Chef Boyardee and uh, adjusted people and I had my gym and that's kind of what kept me sane. Uh, I moved back to the States about a year and a half ago. Um, I just wanted to be kind of semi-retired for a little bit. So I bought a house in Tecumseh. Was just gonna work on fixing that up. Uh, started to get bored and uh, a little like thing between Zach and I, whenever I'd be back in the States for continuing education, We'd run into each other. We'd have way too much fun. We'd go to Tigers games. We'd go to this. We'd go to that. We just we just have a good time together. And I was uh, back home, come back home from a Lions game uh, with my mom, dad, and my wife. And I was you know just rolling through Facebook, and I can't. What was the the wording that you had? So I, I posted in one of our alumni groups, like people we graduated somewhere around with. Um, as I, I'd interviewed a few people, I'd been at capacity. Or, or near capacity for a year, year and a half at this point where, you know, it takes three weeks for a new patient to get in, which is insane. So I started looking around to hire somebody else to give them an opportunity to be in an office that actually respects them. And you can practice the way that you want, like ethically and with like some professional ethos. Uh, and everyone I interviewed sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Um, like really bad. I was like, I would let you move a cat like that. <laughs> I love cats. That's not fair to cats. No, no, no. But, I know what you're saying, though. Uh, so I, I posted somewhere on Facebook, uh, hey, where do you find somebody that doesn't suck? Uh, something like that. Yeah. And so I sent him a message, and I was just like, what are you, what are you up? What's up? What's new? <laughs> and uh, I think we I came in. I visited here a couple of times, and we just hung out. So I came over. We hung out for a little bit and talked about it and said, hey, let's, uh, let's do some fun stuff together. So... Since then, we had this, I don't know, this little this little speed bump on the road that we've all kind of dealt with for the past, I don't know, nine, 10 months. Um, but- I, He's no, talking about COVID, I'm, guys. I'm talking, no, 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 I'm, I'm talking nonsense here. Uh, so at this point now, we're, we're back to pretty much full-time uh, here at the main office. We have our satellite location open. So we really took this opportunity of like um, being forced to change and forced to evolve a little bit and we're running with it. Awesome. Well, I, one of the, some of the things that I hope you guys picked up from this call is that first, these, these two gentlemen are, they're fun. They're amazing. Um, you, and, and I'd say, um, we've been having talks about like, you guys don't know this, but I just recorded an episode and it's actually going to be out by the time this comes out where we talk about how to find a good practitioner, a good health practitioner. And one of the things that I know I was looking for, like when I was looking for a chiropractor, even though I was sort of looking just for a pillow recommendation, I also went to somebody who ended up being a really bad fit. And you talked about ethic, ethical stuff. And I actually talked in podcast episode 33, um, where, I talked about how he wasn't being ethical. He was paying different. He was charging different from cash versus insurance. And, and I went, and when I went to foundation, you guys had, were really up straightforward and up front about your prices. And then you had, you had a framework that fit with my understanding of the body and, and my beliefs. And so, and not just beliefs, but like at the time I was in massage therapy school, I, I'd done sports for a while and I had, that's important when you go to find a health practitioner that they, they follow up with the things you're looking for. So specifically, I was like, is there a chiropractor out there who actually deal 
like muscles hold bone and bones in place. And that was, that was where I was operating from. Is there someone who doesn't just crack you and kick you out? And I find that some people, when I ask them, have you seen a chiropractor when we're, when we're working through some of their symptoms and conditions, and I'm thinking, has anybody ever evaluated you? Has anybody ever, like, have you ever done any spinal health related thing? because gut health is really linked to spinal health as I've been learning more and more. Um, and I really actually think some of my gut health stuff actually aggravated my spine and I had to reverse engineer my spine more on that later. I don't know if I've even told you that too much, Dr. Zach, but, um, uh, what happens is I end up not being sure how to help my clients find a good chiropractor. And so I really want to invite these two gentlemen on because I wanted you guys to talk um, about, first off, what are the things you're doing in your practice that are so effective in getting people results? Like, how would you describe that? I have my way I describe it. How would you guys describe that? Uh, magic. It's all magic. Oh, come on. Total smokes and mirrors. Uh, no, we, we live in the objective. Um, there, there's a lot of things that you can do that you can't. Um, I, I don't know how to say this, that things that the, the human body is this absolutely incredible carbon-based meat sack of 73 trillion cells that has a self-healing mechanism uh, that is able to be accessed, but from a transparent ethical basis, you have to be able to start from an objectively true standpoint. So some of the things that we try to, we try to focus on, if at all possible, is like, what is our pre and post gonna look like? What are our x-rays look like? What about these orthopedic tests that are true, whether a chiropractor runs them or a DO runs them or an ND runs them, like it, the uniformity across the board, coming at it from a different perspective and coming at it from a different uh, uh, rubric, but still using the same tools to make sure that anything that we do uh, or anything that we claim that we can do, we can back, back up with the, the latest uh, round of science, uh, the latest, you know, the, the, the best available biomechanist uh, information. Like that is, uh, I'm really careful. And that sometimes that like truncates us a little bit into somebody will say, hey, can you help with this? And you go, uh, maybe, you know, it might, it's a bit of a hook shot. But what yes. I can definitely do is this. I can take your head from 45 millimeters forward to 22 millimeters forward. It's going to take you 12 weeks, but I can do this repeatedly and anything that happens along the way, you can credit the body's healing mechanism with. So it's important not to take yourself entirely too seriously while still being able to have a, uh, a consistent viable rubric from which to operate from and speak with authority on the things that you're really good at. Uh, we, I find that a lot of people will be all things to all people um, and that, becomes complicated even if you can do it half the time or 30 percent of the time or you get lucky here and there uh, and that's uh, when it comes to time effort and money people have limited resources and i'm sure you know you've talked about it with somebody before like it comes at an opportunity cost it, people that there has to be a definitive goal in mind with our care um and with that we we do we typically do pre like with you we did a pre and post exam yes and we, the things that you felt at the end of your exam were as a result of fixing the structure of your body. The function improves if you can fix the structure, but all I can do is guarantee to move the structure. 
Right. And so what he's, he's saying in, in a wonderfully, this, this was happy to my, my science-based brain. I loved how you were, how you said stuff like that, but how I, how I like to say some of what you're saying is you took x-rays. Well, you did a lot of stuff. You, you know, what you were saying, the orthopedic tests and stuff where, you know, you move limbs and you have people like resist you and you just, Oh, is that weak? Is that weak? Whatever it is. Um, that's kind of what he's referring to with orthopedic tests. Um, but then I remember specifically what stuck out to me is you took these x-rays, then you said your head's forward this many millimeters, and it'll take this long to fix, correct it if you are doing your home routine and if I adjust you twice a week. And then after we're done adjusting you twice a week for this many weeks, then you slowly start to reduce time. And I find that I've never, I don't really find too many chiropractors it's not necessarily the norm, I'd say, that I find chiropractors who say it'll take 12 weeks to move you this many millimeters. You visit me twice a week, which is an intense investment of time, money, et cetera. Plus you do your exercise routine, home exercise, but then you then you then you don't need me anymore, or or you need me very minimally. Um, and you wean you wean off. Like for me, I, I had to wean off. Like I remember it was like once a week, then it was once every other week, then it was like once a month. I now see you guys once a quarter. And you're like, Hey, does anything hurt? I'm usually like, no. <laughs> and that's, and that's me. That's my choice of saying, here's how I want to do maintenance. I would rather find a problem and deal with it when it's small and when I might not even notice it. And that's, that's why I see you guys once a quarter, but not because I'm like, guys, I'm in pain. Help fix me. I did something wrong. Right. Um, and so it, do you have any recommendations on how, is it just like an interview process that you have to just that was what I did. I had to interview tons of people and I actually ended up being referred to you by someone who worked with your wife, Dr. Zach. Oh, like, yeah. uh, and so, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. And so, um, another nurse who worked with his wife, cause his wife's a nurse. And so, um, for somebody, is there anything like on language on a website or, or maybe just if they are, if they are doing all these, you know, one-time interviews with, with, with chiropractors, is there something that you could, someone could be asking or looking for, um, to, to see, I'd say even specifically, what are you, what you guys are doing? Cause I love what you guys do. Is, um, finding, finding a place where they'll be able to sit and talk to you for a little bit, not charge you anything to start off with. Um, in our office, we have a complimentary consultation for people. And actually, I did the one this week. Yeah. Nobody's seeing another doctor and they came in, they wanted just to talk to somebody else who might have a different perspective. So I basically outlined the way that we work. And you know, one of the big things that we do provide to people is uh, we kind of provide to people, uh, we extract from people is some skin in the game. Um, when, when somebody comes and sees us, they don't just come lay on my table for 10 minutes twice a week and expect to get better. Yes. I, and I've, I've shifted to this, um, asking them, you know, what, what's a reasonable amount of time that I can hold you accountable for every day that you're going to put towards getting better. And if somebody says, well, five minutes, well, I'm going to say, well, it was nice talking to you. Um, but the, the amount of time that you can sit and you don't, you don't need to take up a ton of their time. You know, 10 minutes or so is usually pretty reasonable. I'll give anybody 10 minutes if they want to talk um, to just get a good understanding of what they're looking for. And so I can explain myself and why I think, why I think we do a good job. Um, and I'm very up, out front with it that, you know, your care here is largely dependent upon how much effort you want to put into it. And so 
that's really a big, a big thing is if somebody is willing to come out and tell you, this isn't going to be easy. I'm not going to be like, I joked about pixie dust. There is no pixie dust. I am not actually a unicorn and he is not actually a cat. Um, <laughs> yeah, not yet, but there's, there's, there's some work that goes into it. And I think that that's, that's okay for people to know. And I think that's important for people to know. Um, so just having an understanding that, you know, you're going to be putting some work in that's there. Yeah. There's some, there's some buzzwords that tend to hit. Um, so the, 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 there's some technique dependent stuff. We do something called structural correction, which is our proprietary blend of like rehab and prehab and adjusting style and whatever, but everyone's got some sort of term that they think is best. Um, the, there's a bunch of different techniques that people resonate with and you can get you can get results with I do not want to claim superiority over somebody even though I think we're probably the best on the planet <laughs> uh, but like I think everyone thinks we're the best on the planet so you, if you look at a website and it is um, there's really no mention of personal responsibility uh, or like rehab or prehab or supportive exercises or ergonomics or biomechanics or uh, you know athletic endeavors or, or something like that. They're, it, those are those are red flags for somebody like me. We're a couple of ex athletes. We're you know dusty old men at this point. But like, <laughs> no, actually one one thing that I was just thinking about while we're talking about this is if you start looking at these chiropractic websites. Um, admittedly, ours is a little cryptic, I guess. I don't know. It's got the basic information that we need and nothing really more. Um, because the, the main thing that we're going to communicate to people is not going to be them reading our website. It's them actually talking to us. So, um, if you look up 10 offices and nine of them have pretty much the same website with different colors, it probably means something, you know, it might, it might do you well to look at the outlier and say, what are they doing that's different? Um, because there's how many hundred thousand people in Ann Arbor? How many? 117,000 people in Ann Arbor. 90,000 of those are chiropractors. <laughs> I'm from Tecumseh, so I don't count on that. Um, there's a lot here. There's a ton of, I don't know, other chiropractors, but I don't know. I don't see any competition. It's, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of stuff to go around. Um, but then we're doing things that are a lot different and we're actually, we're practicing chiropractic we're looking at people, we're working on rehabilitating their bodies. We're not knee deep in other adjunctive procedures that make money, that take time. Can you give it, us some examples of that? What are you thinking of when you say that? And I, and I don't, I don't want us to be talking down these other yeah. procedures, but when you say that, I'm actually sitting here being like, I think this is what he might be referring to, yeah. but, so, but, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? We're not, we're not weight loss doctors. Yeah. We're not, we're not selling laser packages. Um, we're not selling decompression packages. And not to say that those things aren't good. That's just not what we do. Yeah. We, I have two hands. I have two little instruments that sometimes I use. Uh, and I have a table. And an x-ray machine. Yeah. And, you know. Some other people, but and a lot of and and then the papers that tell you what exercises to do. <laughs> yeah, so we we got a pretty robust. Uh, um, and it's always growing. It's a we we name our exercises pretty stupidly, but uh, I gave out an exercise today called the double arm robot pizza cutter. Um, My favorite. It's because we get we made it up, 
somebody's serratus anterior wasn't turning on, which is causing the scap retraction. So we looked around at what tools we have and we played around with a Swiss ball and uh, made it up. You know, it's, uh, it, it, there, there's two basic types of practices in any medical field, or any health field. It's the uh, practitioner focused and the patient focused. Uh, the doctor focused practice is somebody walks through the door and here's what I sell, here's what you're gonna have. Um, and I think uh, well, we certainly try to run a patient-centered practice. If somebody wants some voodoo, we can't get, <laughs> you know, but if they, um, there's somebody that will, and that's okay. Uh, but the patient-centered practice is how do we bring you uh, into the fold? How do, we, how do we remove the mystique of the doctor-patient relationship so that it is a partnership with a shared responsibility with um, uh, adjunctive you know, ergonomics, biomechanics, how you sleep, how you sit, how you use your technology, how you drive, all of the things that are causing this, which are not necessarily our responsibility, but we are your doctor and you asked us to fix a problem. Uh, so it, it, the reason we spend 10 minutes with patients, which doesn't seem like that long, until you look at the average chiropractic appointment nationally is 114 seconds. Uh, so just a shade under two minutes. Diagnostically, you're not doing a whole lot during there. Um, and again, I'm not trying to punch down, but if we, it feels a little self-serving if we just only tout the things the way they, we do. You can spend a half hour with somebody and doing a terrible job. Uh, that, that happens too. But if your doctor is diagnosing you within 17 seconds of walking in a room, it didn't actually hear you. If they didn't hear you, how are they going to develop a relationship based around mutual respect and the, the wonder, which is the individualized human that walks through your office? We, we treat bones, um, but we're both fascinated with human beings. It's, it, it's the human condition that we correct via bones and muscles and nerves and so forth. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have a doctor that does that, you should get a new doctor. Yeah. Right. So you guys listen to folks, you really think about enabling them through teaching them about how to work with their body. You adapt what you're doing. If someone's not getting results and you need to think up something, you use all the, all your knowledge to say, okay, we need to create a new exercise that does exactly what we need to do. So you have confidence in your, in your skill set. You, one thing that I also say is I like that I hear you guys talking about bones and muscles. And I went to a lot of chiropractors who I don't know if they just didn't think I understood it, but really I got the sense that they didn't care. Like they didn't think that muscles were involved or something like that. Like, oh, I just need to crack it in the right direction and we're good. And so um, I'd say signs that when I start to get nervous that, you know, my clients are like, if, if I were looking for a new chiropractor, if I were nervous that I might not be getting the results or the, the care that is going to help me would be, the, no guidance from the chiropractor of like, I don't know, just come in whenever you feel like you need it. Or like, I don't know, just come in when you start feeling pain. That's also the wrong time to feel come in um, because like you're never actually dealing with the problem. You're just surface sweeping it off, kind of like a massage where you're not getting to a problem. You can get to a problem with a massage, but there's a lot of massage <laughs> where you're not. Um, and then uh I mean, you guys mentioned a lot of stuff. I'd say a lot of that is good. And, and, and hopefully if you're listening, like you guys picked up a feel from them as well um, of like, what are they talking about? What do they care about? Um, 
And again, really realizing they're getting long-term results. They're getting people who are educated and can do self-care. And if they have a migraine coming on, know, know what exercises help their migraine go away. If they have shoulder tension going on, what they can do um, to make those things go away. It, it is less about what um, what bones to move and, and more what is the solution. I always think that people are asking us for a solution. And if that solution involves uh, a team of biomechanists, massage therapists, uh, neurologists, whatever, like no one's actually asking us to fix 100% uh, what's wrong with them, but they are asking us to stay in our lane and to do a very good job at the neuromusculoskeletal. That neuromusculoskeletal is our wheelhouse. And I, I, if you're good at it, you're better than everybody else in the world at it. There is, um, that involves, uh, I, I did pharmacy for three and a half years. I don't into that. Uh, I worked at a compounding pharmacy um, with a mohawk, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I freaked everybody out. Um, but the, um, uh, the there's, a, there's a term called the minimum effective dose. And the minimum effective dose is, in our opinion, not seeing somebody once a week for the rest of their life. There are certain, certain, there are certain people that we see that that's, that's kind of it. Like that's the best they're going to get. Um, but it's how long you can reasonably go while managing your condition yourself with the tools that we gave you, which we don't get paid for. That's part of the job. Part of the job is- Work yourself work. out of a job. Yeah, exactly. And then hopefully you do a good job with that person and they refer somebody else and refer somebody else. But it's not to find the same 50 people and keep pumping them every week. It's Until they die or you die. <laughs> Preferably me die, but yeah, because <laughs> my money is us dying. So I want to pop in the, another a new aspect of the conversation, which is the gut spine connection. I'm creating that right now um, because what I learned inadvertently, not knowing what was going on, is that there's a lot of connections between our organs and our and our skeletal and our skeletal system, as well as our spine. And for example, um, and I learned this after I saw Dr. Zach um, for, for my next stuff, and I couldn't even run two miles because I had knee stuff and I had no idea that my knee stuff was connected to my hip stuff. I didn't know I had hip stuff. I mean, it was incredible. I start feeling better, but then I start doing more studies on the gut, which is what I specialize in. And I learned some interesting things such as there's a connection from your small intestine to your back, your, and that is your mesenteric root. And that mesenteric root, uh, when it if it gets tight from being pulled on from bloating or if there's inflammation, because that mesenteric root, uh, it transfers blood to and from the small intestines and it transfers lymph to and from the small intestines. And if there's irritation and inflammation and leaky gut and unhappy things flowing through that mesenteric root. And then there's bloating, which is actual pressure in the abdomen. Your, your lumbar spine is getting pulled on. And, mm -hmm. and long enough of that, that will, uh, I've, I've never seen any studies on this, but I, I feel like my, my transition. So I'm curious if you guys know anything about this. My transition in health was two years of terrifying and horrible gut health. And this like intense, sudden onset of neck pain. But what preceded that neck pain was spinal stiffness, this unexplainable spinal stiffness and um, joint 
pain. And we actually know that this joint pain can come from systemic inflammation in the body. And that's a broad term, but it can specifically be caused by a variety of chemicals, including things like oxalates, that candles are like sharp. They can build up in your joints. They're very sharp and can create like a fibromyalgic pain in muscle and in, in joints. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff that can create this, but you have systemic inflammation in the body by the gut absorbing toxins, dumping it into your bloodstream, your blood then going everywhere and then getting stiffness and pain and, and problems in even in your musculoskeletal system. Yeah. After I, after I had this, um, spinal stiffness for a while and I couldn't figure it out. I remember stretching every morning and being like, why is my spine so stiff? Why is my spine so stiff? Um, I probably was going that through that for about a year when then my neck pain was really bad. I mean, I would wake up with it. And if you wake up with neck pain, um, that's one of the biggest things that makes me send someone to a chiropractor. Cause at that point, Dr. Zach told me something that changed my life uh, was he's like, it's not the pillow you bring to the neck. It's the neck you bring to the pillow. And God, like, you, smart. Wow, I know, good, I don't remember that at all, but I said that that was, a yeah, good you one. did. You did. I'm gonna use you that did. Right. We should write that down somewhere. Yeah, could you write that down for us? I say to my clients all the time. And the thing is, is like, sure. Your <laughs> pillow can exacerbate a bad neck. Um, and some pillows are definitely not helpful to maintaining healthy necks. Sure. But like, more than anything, your pillow is not going to fix your neck if your neck's already not in a good spot. And so um, I, I see this transition of inflammation um, in the gut, really bad problems, lots of pressure systems. There's a pressure system thing going on where, um, and I'm, I'm giving you guys some science because I, if you're having spinal problems and GI problems, like this is important. Like your abdomen is supposed to have a positive 15 pressure system. And then your thorax where your lungs are, are supposed to be negative 15 should actually be opposites. And when you have, if you have problems in your thorax, so if you have had pneumonia or honestly COVID, if think about anything that asthma, your, your thorax is going to have its pressure system will be off. Um, so you're breathing, you're going to have to work harder to breathe. Your intercostal muscles will have to work harder. Um, and that will affect your GI system. But then also if your GI system has a lot of pressure in it, they've actually found up to 60, 60, like the, they'll, they'll take a, actually not even hundred percent how they, how they did this, but in the abdomen, they found for people who have like ulcerative colitis up to a 60 pressure system in there. And that's compared to water. So they're, they're comparing it to water pressure. Um, what? Not asthma, not atmospheric pressure, water pressure. And so that then of course will make it hard to breathe. And then that leads all the way up to the lungs. The lungs attach at the top of the pleural dome to your ribs one and two and to your cervical spine. Um, and so then all of a sudden your neck's being impacted by your viscera. Um, that could be all the way down in the, in the abdomen. Um, and so I think that ended up pulling on my neck and I, I can't prove it honestly, but with all my knowledge of how viscera affect skeletal systems, I also kind of worked backwards and said, that was my, that was my pathway to having huge skeletal problems, at least in my neck specifically. I'm curious, do you guys, how often do you guys see a connection of people coming in with GI problems and spinal problems and not necessarily saying we can make a clinical correlation um, of like, we know X is causing Y or Y is causing X, but just saying, have you guys seen any patterns, uh, anything that 
um, you could share of GI health leading to poor spinal health or vice versa? Yeah, I, no, Devin. Um, there is a, there is a patient with, that, we, that we share uh, who had a uh, rib subluxation, um, or so she was hoping for, uh, one of the floaters, one of the lower ones, uh, it'll be in a uh, gallbladder issue with referred pain. <clears throat> and that's when she got sent over to you and you've been working with her doing wonderful work for, for quite a while on her. Um, but there is, um, uh, I tend to see most of the, excuse <clears throat> me, going full rasp here. Um, I tend to see most GI problems, uh, or not most GI, I see most notably GI problems manifest uh, and the secondary muscles of respiration, like you said, scalenes up near the base of the neck or the nape of the neck, scalenes, um, uh, platysma, um, SCM, which are all like on the front and on the side, uh, as well as the floater ribs, uh, like eight, nine, 10, 11, somewhere around there, um, because they don't have a tremendous amount of stability. Now, those are the secondary muscles of respiration uh, are the things that when you're breathing heavy, pull the ribs out from there but they're supposed to be fairly dormant most of the time because you're not running 22 hours a day. Well, I'm not. Um, and the, I'm not running two hours a day, but the, uh, or a week, you know, I just don't run. I don't yeah. run. Yeah. I don't run. Um, but the idea uh, would be, it would cause like a low level uh, regional inflammation at the, what they call the thoracolumbar junction, somewhere around T10 to L2. Um, and that's where the mesenteric root attaches to, if I remember from AMP. Uh, I think it pulls on T9 to T11. Uh, and that's more or less the spring of the low back. So it's, it's you know, six inches, eight inches above the, uh, the low back with the belt line and, and about four inches below, depending on how tall you are, below the shoulder blades when they sit. Um, and that area gets beat to hell when we're sit down looking over a computer. Now there's certainly like an ergonomic and a musculoskeletal explanation for that. But if you're doing the exercise, we told you, and you better, uh, and we're adjusting it and our x-rays are showing it and you're not improving within I mean, like a mild to moderate improvement within four to six weeks, we got something else at play here. There's enough people, something like 70% of people uh, uh, in America have some sort of gluten or dairy intolerance, uh, whether it's on some sort of spectrum in there. I know that's kind of a catch-all answer, and, and I don't want to be reductionist to your uh, your expertise, but like uh, people eat like garbage and sit all day long. What do you think was going to happen? So the the thing that we see like change change the way you sit, change the musculature, get a neuromuscular reeducation, start start creating some mobility from there. But in a very short amount of time, in the absence of degenerative disc disease or or arthritis, they're going to somebody like you. And it, that's, that's, our, that's our referral mechanism. Again, we'd like to think we're good at our job. And if we're banging our head against the wall and the patient's actually doing what we tell them to do, which, you know, uh, if they're actually doing what we tell them to do, then, then they need a deeper look at the viscera and they need a deeper look at their gut health. And that's where somebody like you would come in uh, and unequivocally co-manage the visceral symptoms that we're just not uh, equipped to handle. I'm interested. In, uh, interested. No, no, no. I don't, I don't think it's <laughs> so interested. Either one. Take yeah. your pick. <laughs> it's just I, outside the normal wheelhouse, you know. It's outside yeah. of what we handle and what we're. Uh, I can't say like handle with our eyes closed, but 
handle with our eyes closed, basically. You know, I we, we work through a lot of stuff. Oh, oh, the people that we see, everybody comes in with some sort of musculoskeletal pain. Um, percentage of that that has to do with other uh, connections to things like the GI system, significant. Like, it's more than one. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you mean yeah. more than one, more than one cause? Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And and that's not to say that only treating one thing or only treating the other thing is the the path to wellness for somebody. It's sometimes you have to have the conversation with somebody that there's more than one thing going on here, and that's okay. And um, I I think and I was looking through uh, you know like the the preface questions, um, so I might jump ahead with one of them. It's I can't, I can't fix everything all the time. And I'm, I'm okay saying that. And I'm pretty sure Zach's okay saying that um, because I don't want that responsibility, number one. But also I, I understand, like I can, I can move, you have 206 bones in your body. I can move probably every, every single one of them. And that includes the ones in the skull. Plus teeth. Plus teeth. I can move your teeth around too. <laughs> but we prefer not but, that kind. No, uh, um, they don't move back. But no, they just, you know. Our dentist friends don't make me say that. Uh, <laughs> when we send them to the orthodontic yeah, friends, move them once. Um, but yeah, you know, we stay in our lane, and we know uh, we know who uh, who we're carpooling with. Yeah. So, um, and I hope you guys, what you guys take away is like, the, as as people are coming to us, practitioners, we and you know, I'd say maybe not every practitioner, but Dr. Zach, Dr. Tig, I, we're trying to figure out what is going on. Is it in our wheelhouse, and what can we do that is in our wheelhouse that helps someone, even if even if maybe it's not a hundred percent. And if you're not getting enough results doing one thing, and maybe that's chiropractor, maybe it's acupuncture, maybe it's your diet. Um, it needs to be considered. Is there something else that should be addressed? Mm-hmm. And so. Um, actually, Dr. Zach, I want to even and bring up for, especially if we have a first time listener, like if you, even if you fix your posture at your desk and go to a chiropractor and stop eating gluten and dairy, the fact is, and I don't even know if you guys know this. Did I tell you guys I had a parasite that I found? You did. I, okay. Yeah. Dr. Tag doesn't know, but, um, yeah. And so I'm pretty sure that I found that I'm, that I got in 2015, um, on a trip to India because my symptoms showed up three months after that, which would be about the time. I mean, it could be give or take someone, it could happen faster or longer, but you could, that'd be a reasonable amount of time for that parasite to break down my intestinal lining and create kind of chronic leaky gut, which would then be dumping extra toxins into my gut. And suddenly I'm, I'm sensitive to new foods and I'm not sleeping as well. That was my second it was food sensitivities and sleep. That was my very first thing that happened in 2015. I saw you guys in 2018. Like, like it was forever because I was trying to manage just diet, just with, you know, a doctor, just with, I mean, and you guys are men, but I've shared it on the podcast a lot. I lost my period. And like, that's a hormones is like hormone imbalance will happen from gut imbalance. And so, and hormone imbalance can even affect your musculature. Like, having, you know, not enough estrogen affects the, the elasticity of, of women's, uh, skin and connective tissue, um, and bones and things like that. So, um, just 
really interesting things that if one thing isn't working for you really consider like if just the chiropractor isn't working, you could be getting pain from, you know, you even mentioned gallbladder related pain, there's kidney related pain, there's, and and sometimes it's not showing up in the typical way. And your doctor will say, oh, you have kidney related pain. They do a test and the test is fine. You can have still suboptimal kidney function, especially when you think about fascia around the kidney, not just like, can the kidney process, you know, all of your, all of your blood and make urine, but like, is your, does your kidney uh, have any problems structurally if it's in the wrong spot and pulling on things? So, um, I'm so glad that you guys, we even just got a crack at that conversation of the, of the, (laughs) oh, oh, joke. Okay. Yeah. A crack at the conversation between the, the gut and the, and the spine and the connections thereof. There's what, 37 trillion cells in the gut, give or take. Uh, I think there's 73 trillion cells in the whole body. About half of them are in a uh, eight by 12 space in the stomach. Uh, it's remarkably disingenuous to think that the one thing that you dedicate your life to is probably going to fix everybody all the time. And that goes for us and you and everybody else. Like it's uh, the human body is this incredible mechanism. It is kind of stupid sometimes and you have to like grab it by the horns and tell it what to do. But for the most part, you work with the human body and you work with the other practitioners and you do like, it's important to remember that our evidence-based practice is like a three-pronged approach. You know, there's the empirical research, which there's not that much for anything. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's, there, was, there was something the other day, $17 billion a year on knee replacements, and they're efficacious, like, sometimes. Uh, they did a shame yes. study, and they're, like, kind of sloppy. And I'm not saying do or don't get one, but, like, they're not as good as you think they are. And then there's the clinical experience, uh, from like the practitioner standpoint, it's what we know after doing something, like you said, for years and years, you've, you've dedicated a, your professional life to getting uh, good at this. There's things, it feels anecdotal, but it's at the same time, if I do this thing, this thing consistently happens. The last one, which nobody ever counts for, is the patient experience. The patient experience matters as much in, in succession with the other, the other two. So if, if your clients are con- saying, hey, I went to India in 2015, and I think I got this parasite, it's causing, uh, causing neck pain three years later. Okay, you're gonna find a pure <laughs> journal that says that? Probably not. Right, but, no. <laughs> but you can, you can find a robust enough uh, uh, objective symptoms between what you're saying and what I'm seeing on x-ray and you create a plan from that. Uh, and that usually involves other people most notably the patient themselves. And it, I hate that patients have to advocate for themselves so much, uh, but we are, everyone is so damn busy and so damn scattered and everyone's uh, trying their best. Uh, well, people are trying to try their best, uh, but, but that's, that is, it, uh, it is going to take a team. It's going to take a team of people with you, the both star player and the coach. Uh, and I, I like what you said. I actually don't know if I've ever heard you say that before, um, but patient experience. And I think you both have been gold star standards of taking in patient experience because you guys, they just made a nice pose. Um, so 
because they've actually sent clients to me and their clients that we share will actually say, you know, Dr. Zach or Dr. Tig really listened to what I was experiencing and they, they believed me or they, they really started thinking outside the box instead of saying that's not possible, or I don't know what to do about that really started thinking outside the box. And, and I've even heard you guys say you learn from your patients. Um, you, you like, sometimes our patients know more because maybe they've read more research on their conditions or they've just been because they've lived with it so long or the communities that they're in, like they can teach us so much. And I actually hundred uh, percent follow that. And I, I love that you bring it up because I, even as a, I'm, I mean, I'm a patient to somebody, I'm a patient to other people, including you guys. Like that makes me be like, yeah, I value my experience and the things that I learn that is valuable. And, and I can even potentially teach someone I'm working with if they're open to it. And do they seem open to it? If, uh, you know, at least to listening. Yeah. And the door, the door stays open. Uh, if you build in the time to care, um, if you, if you're unwilling or unable to spend the time with somebody and like, I don't want to hang out with somebody for an hour. I don't think Dr. Ty is really interested in like the clearing our afternoon for one patient. Like there's a, there's an economics to this, not to be disingenuous. Um, but if you are so concerned about moving on to the next patient that you miss the current patient, um, some people get better. Some people stay the same. Some people get worse. Um, and that's not, that's not an equation that we're willing to, to go with. And, and a good hunk of the reason that we send people to, uh, to people like you is your onboarding process is borderline neurotic, which I love. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's extremely thorough. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of questions and everyone always comes back and they go, she asked like, like a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, good. And she looked like she might be at least interested, you know, and then, but that shouldn't be the, that shouldn't be exceptional. I, I like, like we've, we've, we've patted ourselves on the back for the last 45 minutes. Like, I don't think we're exceptional. I think everyone else sucks. I think that. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I, like us, like you actually caring about your, your clients and us caring about the people that walk through our door seems like that should be pretty standard. It is unfortunately not. So that's just me ranting. I apologize. You can edit that part out. Uh, it's, I don't think I will. It's kind of interesting. I didn't know that I got told on for having asking too many questions. That this is new information. It's only in a good way. Yeah. Uh, it's it's um, if anything, it's like uh, just letting us know that they appreciate sending them to somebody who's thorough and, and gives a crap. Because. Um, yeah. Oh shoot! I, I can't tell you how many times in the past month I've had exams where I finish, and my big thing when I'm done with my first exam with somebody is, do you have any questions for me? The biggest thing I want you to understand today is there's a reason that you feel the way you do, and if it's 100% something I can help with, I will, and if I need to find somebody that will also help me help you, I will, uh, but that's important. And the amount of people that have said, this is the most thorough doctor's appointment I've ever had, scares the shit out of me. <laughs> Terrified. Um, and that's, and I'm just like, oh, you mean chiropractor? And they're like, no. I'm like, okay, well. Period. And um, I don't think, I don't think I do anything special. I just, you know, I've, I've been practicing now for more years than I 
care to say? Because it, man, wow, a lot. Yeah, a while. Um, which in the grand scheme of things isn't a super long time. Um, but time has flown. I've learned a lot of new things. I've learned how to handle things. And I just do what I think the person needs. Uh, and not that that's like uh, to play down the things that we look for, the things that we do. But if you get a good feeling for a person and you know, you know what you need to do to assess them from a structural perspective, that's not the part that takes a lot of time. Mm. Um, you can run through a structural assessment very quickly. Yes. But it's partially building confidence in somebody that has never seen you, never met you before. Um, letting them know that you can actually help them when they may have been suffering for, I don't know, three years. <laughs> five oh, I years, have people come to me 30, decades, yeah. decades. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's unfortunate that they got to float out of the mainstream to come find something where like, Hey, have a seat. Tell me, tell me what you're, uh, tell me what you're feeling. And I might believe you. I, I've, um, uh, piggyback in the fact that we're two dudes, um, straight white dudes, if, if it's even worse. Um, but the, uh, just the worst couple We forgive times. you. Uh, well, I mean, I apologize. <laughs> um, I don't. <laughs> that's good. That, that's a probably- healthy. We're decent balance. Yep. But the, um, uh, I've, I've really, I grew up around, I grew up in rugby. I grew up in 14 years of rugby with, I have five brothers and one sister. Uh, and the, uh, you know, just surrounded by super healthy male culture uh, my whole life. And the- You say that sarcastically. I do that say so. Yeah, 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 yeah that, just so you guys know. Uh, right, just so, yeah, just so we're clear. Um, but the, uh, and there was a lot of positives in the general, be disingenuous. But the, um, uh, the amount of, the, the majority of our, of our patients are, I don't know, 60, 40 women. Um, somewhere on there, I, I bet the ballpark it. And the amount of times um, that we like tell them like, hey, this is why your back hurts or this is why you have migraines or, you know, hey, uh, your, your, your shoulders are slowing down a little bit and we can help with this. And here's the objective data. Uh, the, I, I did not realize until I started practicing five, six years ago, uh, how validating that was for people to hear, um, specifically women who traditionally kind of get shoved under the uh, the uh, the old hysterectomy uh, rug. Yes. Go, oh, she's being, which again, I don't want to be, I don't want to um, be disingenuous. I, I certainly don't understand the full spectrum of experience, but we're at least giving it a shake and trying, listening to people and like actually listening and then validating when you can, right? If When you can validate what they're saying as objectively true takes time and that is such a gift that I'm thrilled that we can give to people because I didn't know what it meant until I, I started hearing it over and over again. Yes, yes. Um, well, you guys are so great. I really hope that um, for you guys listening and who tuned into this conversation that you feel a little bit more insight into what to be looking for when working with maybe any health practitioner. We really had a lot of good um, conversation, let alone a chiropractor, if you're really looking at something spinal, skeletal, um, and, and even thinking about how you might be developing a team of people, ways that you can find someone who can, honestly, like Dr. Zach and Dr. Tig, and even 
and myself, we, we work hard. I know I work hard. I think you guys have worked hard to know who to even refer out to, to know how to refer out. Like that's a skill set. Someone has to take, like, it doesn't, we don't get any more money technically for, for knowing who to send someone to, or if we're not the right fit or, um, what else might be, what else someone might need to try to actually get the results they're looking for. But, um, see if you can find a practitioner who does have that tool in their tool belt to say, Hey, I'm seeing this. It's actually making me think you need blah. And I remember when I was just a massage therapist, when I started my practice, um, doing that so many times and wondering like, am I like losing money because they're actually getting better and they don't, you know, feel like they need a massage because now they're not in pain. And, and it was just an overall win. It, it brings you so much more joy to see people get better. So yeah. awesome. Don't, don't say just a massage therapist. You're a wonderful massage therapist. Thank you. Um, we, yeah, the, the one thing is that we just don't do tech, like we don't, don't mainly do massage therapy anymore. I actually used a yeah. massage therapy technique recently with somebody to, um, help their, uh, their sigmoid colon had made a, a, a nice angry, left so as and so i was like oh i released the sigmoid colon and i go we're gonna help release this so as and i was like i haven't done i haven't done a muscle technique in a while um so that was fun well awesome felt good about it put it into a little bit yeah Yeah. off a little bit (laughs) yes it was great i was like i'm still useful yes um can i I throw one more thing in i know you wrapped up already yeah yeah what what do you want to say so we are um like things to look for in a chiropractor we start from the feet and work our way up, which again, like you're, you're, you're not responsible for, for every aspect of every humans in front of you, but like your spine doesn't exist in a vacuum. So like your feet, your ankles, your knees, your hips, uh, the muscles, the neck, the shoulders, the hands, elbows, like everything is involved in kinetic chains and posterior and anterior slings and uh, fascial lines and all these things that help either contribute uh, or, uh, or denigrate a, a spine. Uh, and it's, it's rude to think that like a single bone in your neck or just the spinal cord, like just the frame of the car is the only thing you treat. And if you do that, that's fine. But like it, it, the, the rubber hits the road with your hands and your feet. So if you're looking for somebody from a practical standpoint, that is the athlete type protocol. And I think that everybody's an athlete to some degree. Yes. That is the athlete protocol that looks at the entire neuromusculoskeletal aspect of a human. And so if you're asking questions about a potential chiropractor or a practitioner of anybody, like do they care for the entire system? Or are they looking at a select couple of bones and then hoping that everything emanates out from there? Okay. And, and, and what he's saying is, you know, select couple of bones is just typically chiropractors might like just look at the spine or then there's even some practitioners who like just do the atlas um so like one bone and then um but what they do if you're a pre if you're a client or a patient um when i go in like they you do my toes you do my ankle you do my my knee you do my my tibia like you you check out everything and make sure that things are working the way they should And, and it's interesting because um that actually even brings to mind the fact that viscera can actually create problems in all the way down to the feet where you see that discrepancy and oh i have a shorter leg well all that's saying is that somewhere higher up in the body your your hip usually somewhere the hip is that is that is that uh flexion point i don't know if i don't like that word 
but yeah, yeah. Inflection point where, where the feet start to really change, you can change that heel. And so is it something muscular going on at the hip? Is it something going on in the lumbar spine that's twisting something? Or is it, um, I actually, I didn't have the joy to do this myself, but I watched a, uh, somebody who does visceral manipulation actually in Italy, it was a, it was a virtual training. He had someone who came in who had co who, who was an old, done with COVID, but had had it and was having all these symptoms. Uh, it was all in Italian when they were talking. So I don't remember the symptoms, unfortunately, but he did an analysis of him viscerally. And they found that between the second and the third rib on the right side, there was a pleural restriction where the pleura had attached itself um, to the, it was sticky. It was stuck. There was an adhesion to the actual rib cage. And so um, he released that and he had a, this was on his, the, the patient's right side, uh, I wonder if I said left just now, but it was on the right side and he is right leg. You actually could see before he did this change, that right leg was higher than the left leg. It was quote unquote shorter. He released that second, third rib restriction, uh, the adhesion of the lung pleura to the rib. And when they went to redone, did the evaluation, that right leg had dropped back down and was at, at even length with that. And so not to say everybody needs a second and third, you know, plural release from their, from their rib cage, but, but it, it can be, it can be bony, muscular, uh, visceral, that reasons that you're having other problems like feet problems, knee problems. Um, and they adjust everything. They're saying when you get a chiropractor, really look at someone, are they looking at the whole frame up the body and down? That's what we're saying. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I'm translating a little, cause I'm like, oh, if I weren't you guys, I wouldn't know what you just said. So <laughs> Because we're nerds, right? You are yeah. nerds. We, and jock nerds. Jock nerds. Jock nerds. Yeah. That's why people are so fascinated. No. So <laughs> Dr. Zach, Dr. Tig, thank you so much for being on the Better Belly podcast. You guys have been so helpful. And I am so excited for all of our listeners to be able to hear all of this. Thanks for having us. It's been a good time. Where do we pick up our check? Where, what is that? <laughs> whoa, whoa. They're, they're just like loading this up. I, I should expect this. No, actually, what I should be asking you is um, where can people find you online if they want to stalk you a little bit? If, if someone is in the Ann Arbor, Metro Detroit region, I don't know how far people want to travel. If someone wants to work with you further, how can they find you? We're more like a speakeasy. We try not to be found. It's kind of this fun pop up yeah. thing we're doing. Definitely don't look at our Facebooks. Don't That's, do that. Don't, mm, um, <laughs> what's our website? Uh, foundation mi uh which is michigan uh, yeah dot, dot com i believe backslash http but mm, i'm not sure um no i don't think yeah, so don't just google that. foundation chiropractic ann arbor we're on plymouth road um in the plymouth road mall next to some other great places oh, and uh, yeah we have a second location which is a hilarious time to open a second location in applied great solutions uh which is down the street a couple miles uh, but yeah, give us a shout. We'll uh, answer any of your uh, ridiculous questions. We'd love to. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dallas. Bye. Was that episode amazing or what? I am still laughing from some of the, just the good time we had and the jokes. And uh, they definitely joke more than many of our other podcast guests. If you love this episode, I first off, I'm so glad you're here and you're listening with us. I encourage you. We have so much more coming down the line. So subscribe so you never miss a beat. And take a screenshot and share this with a friend if you thought of somebody while you were listening to this episode. I cannot count how many times someone says when they find out that I'm a gut health therapist, I know somebody who needs you. And 
In this case, maybe somebody who's got some spine and joint pain as well. So send that friend a love note to their gut and body and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Other ways that you can support us is by leaving a rating and review in Apple iTunes, which we have linked in our show notes. That is a great way for other people like you to get this information and be more equipped in their body and in their health. Other ways that you can stay in the conversation is by following us on Instagram at Better Belly Therapies. We love connecting with our listeners there and answering any questions you have, hearing what's stuck out to you by our podcast episodes and what you want to hear more of. And as always, our signature signing out of our podcast episodes, a reminder and an encouragement. Miracles are immediate, but healing takes time. 